Welcome back to Behind the Play. My name is Alex Adams, and today I'm joined by someone I really admire in the industry uh, of SDPN, um, Audie James. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and doing this. We've we've kind of had this in the works for a while. Um, someone had to get married, so you know it kind of made it a bit harder uh, for this. But I really appreciate you uh, taking the time and and how's being a married man? Yeah, well, thanks first of all for for having me. It was a long time coming, and. Uh... Yeah, I'm I'm glad we could finally dial in a time and a date to get it done. But yeah, the married life is great, man. It's uh, it the wedding went off without a hitch, and um, you know, married life and the life I lived before isn't too different. <laughs> the only thing that changed was one really big party and a, and a good time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's good. We we had a good uh, a good time. The wedding was awesome. Would you would you say you're also married to the game of hockey, or is that like you know? Buddy, I'm married to I'm married to the game of hockey. I'm married to the to the shows and 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 talking about hockey. Um, but Hannah will always be my first, uh, first my love. first my first love and my first uh, my first real uh, marriage, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your career because you've you've had an interesting path, kind of in the sports media industry. Maybe talk a little bit about how you kind of got started because it is a cool kind of story. Yeah, it's a little uh, it's a little unorthodox. I guess you could say unorthodox. It's it's not the traditional and typical route that a lot of people take with going to school and, um, you know, internships and this, that and the other. And, um, you know, I, I never went to school for this. And it's just kind of something that uh, a passion that led to uh, what I do now, which is fun. Um, but yeah, it was it actually started back in 2014. Um I'm originally from Ontario. One of my good friends, uh, Andrew Pillick, he has his own YouTube channel as well. And um, he went to school for radio broadcast and he hit me up and he was like, hey, man, like this was 2014. I didn't know what the hell a podcast was. And he hits me up and he goes, hey, what you, you know, you and I should start a sports podcast. Like, let's talk about, you know, we're passionate about hockey. We're passionate about baseball. He's passionate about the the WWE, stuff like that. Like, let's combine all of our passions and let's talk about it and kind of see where it takes us. And so in 2014, we started the Audion AP Sports Podcast, which was, um, you know, a weekly a weekly podcast that I I just came on to. It was Skype at the time because Zoom Zoom didn't yeah. exist. Uh, we went on to Skype and and I just called in and and AP took the took the reins for producing and editing and getting it up on. Uh, it wasn't even Apple Music; it was just iTunes at the time. So, <laughs> um, throwback to iTunes. Um, yeah. And so he he did he took care of all that stuff and uh, yeah we we started that and um, that kind of really piqued my interest with uh, with with talking I, obviously I love talking about sports but I never thought that it would ever lead to anything um, you know substantial I guess is the word you could you mm -hmm. could use so um, you know I growing up I uh, I did a lot of not a lot of public speaking stuff but I. I I'm a very uh, out, outspoken, maybe too much so person. Um, I like to talk. I'm a very outgoing individual. So I said, hey, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Why don't I start a YouTube channel? Like, you know, I, I don't know anything about video editing. I don't know anything mm. about content produ production or nothing like that. But why don't we uh, Why don't we just, you know, turn on the laptop and uh, and hit record and kind of see what happens. And that's when I started my, my uh, YouTube channel. At the time, it was called uh, The Audi Sportscast. Um, cause I talked about more than just hockey mm -hmm. and, uh, that kind of led to, um, you know, you get your first like 10 subscribers and you're like, Oh my God, this is awesome. I'm, you know, <laughs> 10 people watch my stuff. They like what they're, uh, they like what they're seeing. Mm. Uh, so it was, uh, that that's kind of where it started. And, and as that progressed, I, um, started, you know, learning self-teaching self. Yeah. Self-teaching, I guess yeah. that's the word yeah. teaching myself how to, uh, edit videos and uh fiddle around with different uh, editing softwares and different programs and stuff like that just to try to elevate uh elevate myself as a content producer and um yeah that's basically where i uh where i started my my background is is just a guy just a mouthpiece a guy who likes to talk about sports and uh wanted to to grow an audience on youtube and i grew that to uh to where it is now i kind of took i take breaks here and there and as if you go on my channel right now i haven't uploaded in quite some time but i'm sure we'll get to the the busy side of what i'm up to now um mm -hmm. but yeah it's uh it really just stemmed from my buddy ap texting me and saying hey let's uh let's start talking about sports and see where this thing takes us so 
it was a uh, very, like I said, unorthodox, not, not really uh, planning for it to, to end up where it ended up with me. And um, I'm, I'm sure glad we, we started that though, because I don't think I would be where I am today without it. And, and you have a couple thousand followers on, on uh, YouTube, but just maybe why, or how do you think you kind of got to that landmark achievement of, you know, getting a bit of pop popularity, notoriety, just talk a little bit about that. Like, why do you think it was successful your, your channel? When I started YouTube, obviously, uh, there's guy, you'd be lying to yourself if you said you didn't, as a YouTuber talking about hockey, look up to guys like Steve Dangle and, uh, <laughs> Shannon from the hockey guy who, who yeah. have made careers out of, uh, you know, talking about hockey on YouTube. And, um, it was there, there, there were those guys, they were, they're kind of like the, you know, you, you want to aspire to get to that level. But then at the, at the bottom of it, there was, you know, a whole laundry list of channels that talked about different teams and, uh, different, uh, sides of the game. And when I first started, it was really community driven. There were a lot, a lot of us would, uh, there was a big YouTube hockey, YouTube group chat where mm. everybody would bounce ideas off of each other and work on collaborating with each other and uh, kind of everybody wanted to see each other succeed. And I think that's kind of what, you know, I was, I was lucky enough to get in at a time where um, everybody was, everybody else was also trying to get in. Um, you look at guys like Grav, he was, he was yeah. coming up at the time too. Oh, Nyquist, um, all these, all these channels now, uh, Lego rocks, 99 geo, yeah. uh, all these guys were, we were kind of starting at the same time. Some were a little bit ahead than others, but, uh, it was very community driven clay as well. Who's also with SDPN. Um, mm -hmm. and yeah, it was, it was a big collaborative effort between just a group of YouTubers who wanted to do the same thing. We all wanted to, to take our, our, I'll put it in air quotes, expertise and talking <laughs> about the game. Yeah. and uh kind of grow with each other so i think that that was the real driver behind the success of the channel early on and then just you know making fun videos getting content out there that's a little bit different than everybody else as well um you know i've i've done a few videos that are are more on the fun side less less analytical more more let's have some fun and kind of see where this takes us and uh, those ones have done pretty well but yeah, it's uh, it was a big community effort. There's no real like I can't really pat myself on the back too much without thanking and and being thankful for everybody who else was uh, was trying to get there as well at the same time as I was. And, and now you're at at SDPN as well. Um, for people that don't know, it's a Steve Dan Goals uh, podcast network. That's literally the acronym. Um, just talk about you know, now you're, you know, you guys do game over. Uh, I believe you're like kind of the head of, of, is it out West that you kind of, yeah, you, yeah. You have more of a, you know, managerial role as well. Uh, not just on air talent as they say, but um, just talk about that and, and what you guys are doing at SDPN and, and, and yeah. how you kind of got involved with them. Yeah, it was, um, you know, obviously, like I said, you follow along with Steve and what he's up to because he's kind of where you want to aspire to be. And and when he started SDPN, we were, everybody was, you know, everybody was in the same boat. Like, holy crap, this guy's starting his own network. He's really betting on himself. And, uh, you know, let, let's kind of see where this thing takes him. And then uh, obviously uh, he brought on Andrew Berkshire, who started Game Over Montreal, did uh, Game Over International stuff, uh, just post-game um discussion around the Montreal Canadians and uh it was World Juniors at the time then it, it ended up becoming Olympics as well um and at the time it was just Montreal and then we see a tweet come out from SDPN saying hey you know the Leafs and at the time it was 2021 yeah and the Leafs and the Flames were both about to go on a bit of a playoff run you know the Flames at the time were exciting um, they were, they were atop the, um, the Pacific division. They were looking hot. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Matthew Kachuk, all those guys were lighting it up. And, uh, they said, Hey, let's, let's try expanding to, oh, or, sorry, Edmonton as well. Um, let's try expanding to Toronto, Edmonton and Calgary. They ended up just doing Toronto and Calgary. Um, and anyways, uh, I saw the, the tweet come out from the SDPN account and I thought to myself, you know what? At the time, I was kind of taking a back seat with the whole media thing. Um, I was just kind of posting what I wanted to on YouTube. You know, life comes at you fast. Yeah, uh, you, you got to focus on like obviously this isn't my full time career as much as I'd love it to be. Uh, you know, I had to focus on other things as well. And I th I thought to myself, this would be a perfect way 
to stay in, you know, the media kind of game and uh, be able to talk about hockey, be able to talk specifically about the Calgary Flames. Um, so, you know what, I'll throw my name in the hat. We'll kind of see where it takes me. I wasn't expecting to be selected. I wasn't, ex- honestly, my expectations were very low. I, I, I knew that there were going to be a lot of people that applied just given the, uh, um, you know, the, the name, the SD of SDPN, uh, there's, there's a lot of reach there. So, um, I, th- I didn't think anything of it. I threw together, a, a application video, um, Again, like I said, I made it fun. Not many people have seen it aside from, you know, Jesse, Steve, Adam, and Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I put on a Leafs jersey and, and you know, just talked about how, you know, I, I think I'd be great to talk about the Calgary Flames and stuff like that. Um, and I uploaded it to my YouTube channel, but I put it to private. So only people who had the link could see it. And I purposely never, I actually told the story last night um, huh. at, uh, we did a live event. It was for the Heritage Classic at the time that we're recording this podcast. Yeah. Um, I told the story last night to some people who came to watch us. And, uh, you know, I put it, I put it up on my YouTube channel. I set it to private so that nobody else could see it. But I intentionally didn't go back in and watch it myself because I wanted to be able to see when they viewed it. Because mm-hmm. when you upload it to private and you don't watch it, there's the view count is zero. So yeah, if someone watches it. If it, if the view count goes to one, someone other than yourself has watched it. Maybe that means you know that yeah. uh, that, that you're in consideration. So a couple of weeks went by, no views. I'm like, all right, you know what? Maybe I'm just not the right guy for this. Maybe yeah. maybe they maybe they got a ton of applications and they didn't even make it to mine. And I remember. Um, I was at my day job and I was on, I was having lunch and I opened up my YouTube app and I'm like, Oh God, here we go. Like we got, we got a view. I wonder, you know, maybe this is, yeah. uh, uh, this, this could be something. And and then like a couple days passed and I was like, Oh God, I still haven't heard anything. It's still only at one view. You get in your own head about it. Right. Mm-hmm. At this point, you're like, okay, they've seen it. Uh, why hasn't anybody said anything? Right. Like even just a, 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 a note saying thanks, but no thanks would have been great. And then um, the week after, it went up to four views, and it went up to eight views. So they they must have watched it a bunch of times. And then, um, of course, I get a message from Andrew saying, "Hey, um, do you have time to meet? Uh, you know, to talk about the whole game over thing?" And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. Like, of course, this is this is perfect. Let's go." And um, Steve, Adam, and Jesse actually told the story on uh, on SDP right after they announced that I'd been hired. And um, I went into my car on my lunch break at, at my day job Mm-mm. and I open up my phone. I have terrible service. <laughs> so I've got my phone here. I'm talking to what I think is just Andrew because he's the first person that pops up. Because when you're on Zoom on your phone, it yeah. doesn't show it like it shows it uh, when you're on a Zoom call on your computer. So you just see the one person until the next person starts talking. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, hey, like what's, you know, what's going on? How's it going? Yeah. And all of a sudden I hear Adam Wilde's voice pop uh, chime in and I'm like, oh God, like they're all here. I just can't. And then I, of course, click on it. I'm like, oh God, everybody except for Steve. So it was Jesse, Adam and, uh, and Andrew. We did the, uh, we did the interview on my lunch break. And then um, a few days later, uh, Andrew said, you know what? Like, we think you'd be great for this. Um, and then I met with, uh, with Andrew and Steve and the rest, as they say, is history. But yeah, they they told the story on the on the SDP. They're like, you know what? When we hired Audie, uh, he was like on his lunch break, and uh, he's like, guys, like I really gotta go. Like I only have a certain amount of time before I gotta get back and uh, and, and do some do some work. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much the meat and potatoes of uh, of how this came to be. That's awesome. And and how's it been kind of working, you know, like doing game over? Maybe tell people a little bit about what you you know game over is at SDPN. Yeah and uh how you've been enjoying it yeah so game over is a um it's a post game show after every calgary flames game we've actually expanded to all canadian markets now um so if you're a fan of any uh any of the canadian teams there's a game over with your name on it on the sdp and youtube channel um and yeah it's just a it's just a breakdown of of the game that was i co-hosted along another alongside another uh uh, just great dude and Peter Klein. He's a, a former uh, radio guy on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Um, he and I uh, take turns. We alternate every couple games, just breaking down the game that was. Um, and all the other, all the other Canadian markets do the same thing. Have some cool guests on, just kind of like you know, have some fun, talk about the game, talk about the uh, the world of the the hockey world as a whole. 
Um, and to answer the other part of your question, just being a part of SDPN and how that's been, um, I, I like it sounds cliche, but like the people you work with really have an impact on, um, you know, how you enjoy any job, right? If yeah. you have good coworkers, it makes it easy. Um, and I don't think I've ever had such a tight knit group of people who, you know, I've only met Andrew twice. I've, I just met the game over Edmonton crew last night, uh, you know, without actually meeting each other, a, a group of people that have come together, uh, similar to how I talked about the community in, in, uh, hockey YouTubing when I got into it, uh, just trying to be there for each other, uplift each other, um, promote each other's stuff. And, you know, if, if tech goes sideways, there's, there's people that are always ready to, to lend a helping hand and be there for each other. Uh, it's the best side gig or part-time job that I could have ever asked for. It's, it's truly incredible from the top down from Steve, Adam and Jesse down at SDP, uh, excuse me, SDPN. It's, um, it's such a tight knit collaborative group with so much support. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just been awesome. I've loved every single second of it. That's awesome. That's uh, really great to hear. And it's, it's really cool to hear your story just from, you know, going from YouTube to a podcast. I mean, uh, and now to SDPN and, you know, meeting cool people. And like you've, you've also interviewed players on the Flames as well. Is, is, is that correct? Like how, did, the, how yeah. did those go like come about? And what was that like for you to kind of interview uh, players on the team? Maybe you can, you know, name drop some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So previously, before I started with, um, uh, with SDPN, I was doing a, a small podcast with a friend of mine, James Johnson, here in Calgary, um, called the Barnburner Hockey Podcast. We were on the Hockey Podcast Network, um, just you know, talking about the Calgary Flames weekly, sometimes twice a week. And I said to JJ, I said, you know what? Like, we should really try to elevate this. It was the off season. It's always a hockey content creator's uh, worst nightmare is trying to come up with content during the off season when nothing's essentially happening. Right? You get past July. Uh, into the like late stages of free agency and and there's you know really nobody left on the market and it's you know you're getting up for for guys like AJ Greer signing and you know yeah. like just guys that are you know all due respect to AJ Greer who's um you know tied for goals right now in the Calgary Flames with Nazem Kadri um but that that's another hurt. that must that's hurt. another story that's another story <laughs> we'll get there I'm sure yeah um but yeah it's uh, I said let's let's see what we can do um, I have no experience in trying to reach out to players and try to get them on the podcast, but let's, you know, let's, let's try. And so, you know, I did some cold calling with, uh, with, with agents. Cause you know, obviously you can't really go through the team during the off season. Um, and the first one we landed was actually, uh, Matthew Phillips, who mm -hmm. is now with the Washington capitals. Well, uh, we had him. Yeah. We had him on our show twice. And then I had him most recently, uh, just before the season started on my YouTube channel, just to kind of, you know, talking about how the off season went for him and essentially his decision to sign with the Capitals. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, cold called some agents. I talked to, I probably talked to every agent um, that represents any Calgary flame at the time, huh. uh, whether it was a yes or a no. Um, and yeah, we got, uh, we ended up getting Matthew Phillips. We spoke to Yusuf Alamaki and then uh, near the end of uh, the offseason, right before training camp, we got an inter interview with Michael Backlund. So that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Did, Backlund gave us. Did, gave did us he tell time. you? Did he tell you he was going to be captain? <laughs> no, this was uh, this was just before. Um, at the time, I can't recall. I think it might have been right when Seattle came in. So they. Oh, okay. Uh, so Geo Geo had just left, and and it would have been just kind of that lull area. Yeah, twenty one. Yeah, them running with four alternate captains um, before they decided uh, that he was going to get the C this year. But yeah, some cool stories there with with uh, with Michael and. Uh, um, did, you know, did you did you feel like you were touching your heroes a little bit, or did it feel kind of pretty, you know, normal? Like, how, how, describe that as someone who's a Cal yeah. Flames fan through and through. It was uh, it was surreal for the first little while um, when we had Matthew come on. He was obviously our first one. Um, all due respect at the time to Matthew Phillips. He was just kind of an AHL guy who might crack a roster spot. We end up finding out <laughs> this time around that he would, uh, he would, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't cut it in Daryl Sutter's Calgary flame system. But um, yeah, it was a bit of a starstruck thing. It was kind of odd. Cause like, you know, Matthew Phillips is, is younger than I am. And hmm. um, 
you know, I'm still, you still get a little bit of that, that butterfly in your stomach. You're talking to an NHL or, uh, you know, not everybody has the, the opportunity to do that kind of stuff. Um, but when we had, then we had use of and it was the same thing. He was a regular NHL at that point with the flames. Um, and you know, he was awesome. Just like it, it helps when, when the players are good too. Yeah, and, uh, all three of the guys we spoke to from the team at the time were just incredible, just awesome people. Can't say enough good things about them. But then, yeah, when Michael Backlund came on, um, I had to go through his agent and then I had to go through, um, a PR person at their agency in order to reach mm. out to him. And then, uh, it sounds, repl- it sounds replied- like, sorry, like, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it, it's a really simple process, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. simple. Yeah. 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 Not sarcastic. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, so, no, it's all good. Story. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, you know, you, you put all this time and effort into it and then to hear them say, you know, uh, Michael's PR, uh, person. I, I wish I could remember her name to give her some credit because she was awesome to deal with as well. But uh, she messaged me and was like, "Yeah, Michael thinks this is awesome. He's never done a podcast before. Like, oh wow, um, he thinks it'd be a lot of fun." And so, um, you know, she exchanged our email addresses, and I was, um, you know, just trying to nail a date and time with him that worked. Obviously, he's very busy in the off season. He's got a young family, um, and he, uh, you know, takes his off season training very seriously. So. It was, uh, but yeah, when we got to the Michael Backlund interview, I think that was kind of our like, holy crap moment. Um, like this is real. Like this is Michael Backlund who's been with the team since 07. Um, and yeah, he was, he was just as awesome too. But yeah, to talk about the star studdedness, it, uh, never really goes away. The, the, the time after we spoke to, uh, Matthew Phillips, it was a little bit easier. And then I think it kind of wore down the third time I talked to him and it's more like, oh, you know, like, how's your golf game? And, you know, we're a little yeah. bit more familiar with one another. And, oh, you know what? I'll see you at the Shaw Charity Classic, this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the first few times, definitely surreal. It was uh, it was a really cool experience. That, that's awesome. Kind of living your dream, uh, you know, vicariously through the players and, and just as a fan, it, it sounds Awesome. And and I'm really happy for you, you know, Um, but uh, I want to, you know, as best as I can go from, you know, your, you know, excitement and, you know, blissfulness of, you know, meeting at uh, Flames players to their awful start to the season. And uh, just, you know, as someone that covers the team day in and day out, you know, uh, what do you make of this just such a terrible start and maybe just even touch upon a little bit the, the heritage classic that you were at what, what, what was that like first maybe on a even though they lost on a high note what was that like to to be there and to to cover it yeah so i i uh, i wasn't at the game um the uh peter and i watched with andrew at the the pints on white avenue in edmonton is where we did our event we did a live post game show there um but yeah to be able to cover it at a live event with, you know, people who, you know, went on and, and got tickets to come and see you and, and to see it happen live. Uh, it, it's a, it's a weird feeling. It's a good, but a weird feeling like, holy crap, like these people are genuinely here to, to listen to you and, and, and see what, uh, what you have to say about what you just saw mm-hmm. and to spend time with you, um, you know, to, to shake hands with people who you've interacted with on Twitter and to, to, to kind of put a face to the name and just talk about hockey with them. It, it's just awesome. Um, to be able to cover it live and and do the show live with people there, it's uh, it's a weird feeling, but it really was uh, it was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. The production was really good. Like I said, shout out to Andrew Berkshire who um, came out to uh, to do to run production for us uh, while we were live, and um, yeah, he did he did a great job with that as as everybody does at SDPN. Um, but yeah, to be able to be there and uh, and and watch it, it's it's always cool to see games outside. I think they I think they do, you know, in my humble opinion, I think they do too, a little bit too many of those outdoor yeah. games now. They kind of beat it to death. That. Yeah, they kind of beat. I think they said this that that was the thirty eighth outdoor game. Oh, so okay. so it's you know by the time I'm like fifty, we're gonna be we're gonna have two full seasons worth of games that have been played <laughs> outside. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was cool. It's always cool to see that the play. It's more and, and truthfully, it's more for the players than it is for anybody else. Um, yeah. To be able to play outside, like you know, everybody dreams as a kid playing pond hockey with their buddies, just you know, pretending to be Sidney Crosby or 
mm-hmm. some of the greats of the game and and you know it's it's cool to kind of live that childhood memory for them but it's just as equally cool to be able to cover it so it was a lot of fun but the game which i'm sure you want to know all about how i felt about that game was just abysmal from a calgary a calgary flame standpoint and to kind of loop back to what you originally said about the flame start and 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 how they're they're looking this year i talked about it a bit last night on the post game show but you know in the off season uh, everybody was clamoring for daryl Sutter to be let go relieved of his duties they rightfully so um you know was a bit of a a thorn in the side i'll put it as respectfully as i can yeah. to some of the younger players and maybe uh, a coaching style that has outgrown today's nhl and yeah. negatively impacted the calgary flames room which i think is still having uh lasting effects but when the product after you've taken that out of you know that you've taken that problem out of um, your 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 equation um and you're still putting out the same product as before. What what's your excuse now? And that's kind of one of the things I talked about last night with with uh, with the game over uh, Edmonton crew and Peter was there's really no excuse for it now. Like who are, who's who's going to be the fall the fall guy uh, for for this iteration of the Flames who are off to just a piss poor start? Um, you can't blame it on Daryl Sutter anymore. You know, Ryan Huska comes in. It's a new voice. It's a younger voice. It's a fresh start. Craig Conroy comes in. Brad Living moves on to the Leafs. Uh, it's a completely fresh, fresh slate. New systems, everything. I get that takes a little bit, a little bit of time to adapt to. But what's what's the excuse now? You can't say, oh, the coach this, the coach that, because you know, we're, you got your way in the sense that you know a lot of players weren't too happy with Daryl behind the bench last year. And um, yeah, it's there's really no excuse for it now. Were, were they were they doomed to fail? I mean, it's still early. They're two six and one. It's not they it's it's not insurmountable. But to come back and at least be competitive or even mm-hmm. you know push for a playoff spot, like you know you win three four games in a row and you're back to five hundred, and then you know uh, the rest is history. But um, you know this team's aging. They have bad contracts. Uh, you know as much as you know. Huberdo can maybe return to form or Nazem Kadri, who's been okay, but, you know, probably isn't living up to his contract. Those are, you know, big albatrosses of contracts. Like, is it just they are just stuck and there's no real way out the, other than a lot, a lot of pain? Um, like, just what what do you think and what's maybe the fan base feeling right now? Like, are they, you know, get off the ship, let's tank? If this continues, like, where's the fan base and what do you think uh, they're at uh, with, you know, this poor start? Yeah, the the Flames fan base, if you if you're any bit invested on Twitter with with how Flames fans react, you you, you should understand, first and foremost, that all Flames fans are very rational in yeah. their, in, in their uh, same same with every fan base. Everybody is real, real calm when when you get off to a start like this. And I mean that with the utmost amount of sarcasm possible um but yeah you know what it's it's telling when a fan base is on board for a rebuild players don't teams especially don't like it obviously from a revenue standpoint um but from a from a fan standpoint nobody really wants to see their team endure and go through a rebuild and and you know like covering the ottawa senators like you do uh, yeah. It was it was a long a period of, of time. Yeah, a lot of lean years to pull it mildly. I mean, there's other things that we don't have to get into now. But yeah, it's uh, I, I think what you're kind of and, and tell me if I'm wrong is it sounds like with Flames fans, there's just no hope. And a yeah. lot of the times hope is what's, you know, e- even if you're rebuilding, you have the young players or the hope. But with right now, they're kind of rudderless. And yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say hope and direction. There's no real path for this Flames team. And there hasn't been since the departure of 13 and 19 in, in Gaudreau and Kachuk. Um, you know, Brad Living, for as much crap as he took as the GM of the Flames, he's handcuffed as well in a sense that, you know, Murray Edwards doesn't want a team, to, doesn't want this team to rebuild. Uh, John Bean in his press conference when he introduced Craig Conroy as uh, as the general manager said, you know, like he's not even allowed to say the R word being rebuild. 
Um, and that's just strictly, you know, obviously owners don't make a whole lot of money when the team is rebuilding. And, you know, as, 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 as poor as it sounds, if you're a consumer of the product, um, you know, frankly, he doesn't care as long as you're lining his pockets, right? Like he's, Mm -hmm. he'll, he'll continue to put out, you know, a little bit of hope, you know, the flames didn't miss the playoffs by too much last year. Let's run it back and see if they can do it this year with the same group uh, instead of, um, you know, trying to embrace a slight rebuild. We've seen teams do it. Um, you know, the Rangers are a good example of, of a team that kind of did a retool on the fly and they've stayed competitive. Uh, the Boston Bruins at one point were a team that you look at and you're like, well, you know what? This is an aging core. Um, and they end up doing, you know, they set a record last year in, uh, in regulate or in, in, um, what was it? It was, uh, the uh, most wins yeah, in, the most points, most points, the most points. Yeah. Which is crazy, right? Like that's a team that had like a 37 year old Patrice Bergeron and a 36 year old David Krejci as their one, two centers, right? Obviously Patrice Bergeron is who he is. We know father time. Did not catch he's, up to. He's, did he, he won the Selkie? Yeah, he won the Selkie. They, they just got. They just ought to rename the trophy at this point. This Honestly. man won the Selkie like like a ridiculous amount of times in his career. But right. to bring it back to the Flames, like Brad Living did all he could given the the you know you can only do so much. The old cliche: you can only do much so much with the hands that your or the cards that you're dealt in your hand. And when ownership is breathing down your neck to maintain competitiveness, uh, and you know your superstar and Johnny Gaudreau. Uh, ends up signing in Columbus and Matthew Kachuk wants out, you know, a lot of Flames fans were hoping for a more future type deal, including picks, including prospects for Matthew Kachuk. He could, excuse me, cashed in and really, uh, really gained a lot of capital for your future opposed to, you know, bringing in Jonathan Huberto, who's coming off of a career year. And at the time, obviously, Flames fans were happy, right? He's coming off of that yeah. season where he put up the most uh, most assists in NHL history from a left winger. Nobody foresaw um, whatever it was, the 50 or 60 point uh, discrepancy that he had year after year, which actually set an NHL record for a for oh, turnover God. from year after year. That's not the that's kind not, of NHL record. The, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, the worst year after year point differential uh, in NHL history now belongs to Jonathan Huberto oh. um, in his first year as a Calgary Flame. Um, hindsight is what it is at the time. You know what? You want to stay competitive. You're coming off a year where, you know, Gaudreau was going into a contract season. You're not going to trade him at the deadline. It just doesn't make sense. Uh, the, 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 the focus should have been getting him extended, but if he had his, his, uh, sales set East, then that was something you couldn't, uh, you couldn't take away from him. Um, and you know what, as much as some flame fans like to give him crap for it, all the power to him. That's what, you know, you, you work towards uh UFA status in, uh, in the NHL to get to kind of, um, you know, be able to lay your own road and your own path. And, and I give him all the, all the credit in the world and thank him for what he did here in Calgary, but it was tough. You know, it was tough being the, the, the flames fans like to call it perpetual mediocrity, which is kind yeah. of where yeah. they are and, 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 and same direction right now with uh, Lindholm about to be uh, a UFA, Hannafin about to be a UFA. Uh, if you go look at the Flames cap friendly, there's a laundry list of players that are pending UFAs this season or this off season. And it's going to, you know, you're, you're seeing, you, you talk about the bad contracts. Our, uh, uh, Elias Lindholm, eight years at 9 million, doesn't sound very, very uh, sexy either. Um, and that's, you know, kind of the, the, the path. That, what I'm trying to get at is the path Flames fans want is the rebuild, but we know damn well that's not going to happen, uh, given the ownership and and what their uh, what their mandate is, which is lining the pockets and and getting that playoff revenue if you can. So then, Adi, what is the hope? Like, what is the hope? As you you know, you yourself are a, a Flames fan. What are Flames fans telling themselves? And and maybe just you know, even rationally, as you 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 know, kind of mentioned, what is what's the direction? that you can see going forward with this team? Well, the hope is, you know, Jonathan Huberto has a bounce back season. Jacob Markstrom, who's already off to a great start in, in a bounce back year. Uh, Nazem Kadri. You, you just hope that guys, uh, the, the hope coming into the season was uh, a new voice in the room. You throw a letter, you throw the C on Backlund's chest. Um, 
you know, you get a you get an actual voice in the room, someone that uh, you know, the the players talked about last year how unofficially he was without wearing the C. Michael Backlund was pretty much the captain, anyways. But um, you know, the hope is you come into it, it's a fresh start, and you kind of hit the ground running and you prove a lot of people wrong. Um, at this point, I, I truly don't know what the hope is for me from uh, from a standpoint is, you know, I hope that they they manage these pending UFAs as they should in a smart way. That's not going to handcuff them for the next eight years in a way that, you know, you can possibly capitalize and, and sell if you have to sell. Um, just be smart with it. I, asset management is huge and it's something the Flames have been uh, pretty piss poor at as of late. What do you think's kind of gone wrong so far for the team, just in terms of, you know, like they're barely scoring over two goals a game. Um, if you look at the lineup, you don't you don't really see it say, well, they should be one of the worst offensive teams in the league. Maybe not the best, um, but um, like what's kind of gone wrong with their game so far this year, you know, um, so far. Two of their biggest kryptonites, if you want to use that kind of analogy, is the foot speed. Um, I think their transition play has been pretty bad from zone to zone. And, you know, as you mentioned, we don't really have to beat around the bush here, but goal scoring. They 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 take out their leading scorer last year in Tyler Toffoli, who wanted a six-year deal. The Flames didn't want to give him a six-year deal, so they ship him out. They get younger and bring in Igor Sharangovich. Um they didn't replace Tyler Toffoli's um, goal scoring capabilities or his, you know, where the, one of the biggest mm. questions for me was where the goal is going to come from. And you hope that it's from a guy like, you know, Nazem Kadri, who I think his career high in goals was 32 back to back years with, with the, with the Maple Leafs. You hope maybe he can get back to that. But again, father time is undefeated. He's uh, he's getting, not getting up there in age, but he's not getting any younger. Um, you hope that Jonathan Huberto, can uh you know feed people the way he did in in uh in Florida he's not a he's not a bad player and that's not something you lose play uh good, you know good players and good playmakers like that they don't they don't lose that so you hope that he kind of finds his and uh you know he's he's struggled um but yeah the biggest thing for me foot speed that they're, they're just getting burned every every team is so much faster than the flames the way that the flames transition there's no urgency it's it's lackadaisical passes through the neutral zone it's you know zone entries that just don't sustain any pressure um there's a whole laundry list of things but i think the root cause when you come back to it all is is just their their play in transition their foot speed when they don't have the puck and they don't have the puck a lot uh and when they do the do have the puck they they can't score so it's 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 just an all-around crap sandwich if you want to put it like that uh, in terms of just, uh, you know, nothing seems to be going right for this team, except for, you know, Jacob Barkstrom, who's who's coming off of a bad year and uh, has been doing his part. He's just not getting any run support. Um, how would you evaluate Ryan Huska's coaching? Just because, you know, as you've alluded to it, um, the big selling point was that he's a fresh voice. He's not um Sutter which is a big you know bonus just you know anyone else that is maybe not hot you know hot tempered and Mm -hmm. uh you know at least nice to um his uh to his team but just what have you seen in how the flames are playing and maybe why why is he not getting to this group to be more successful because everything you mentioned uh you know makes sense that they shouldn't be maybe uh you know one of the best teams in the league but they probably aren't two, six and one bad. Right. So just mm-hmm. maybe describe a little bit about what's what you've seen in, in the coaching department and what kind of changes you've seen between Huska and Sutter. Yeah. Huska, Ryan Huska has been with it, with the organization for a while. He's, he's, he's done his time in the AHL. Uh, the, the flames promoted him to the big club. He's been behind the bench for a little while now um, as an assistant coach. Uh, to various head coaches, as we see the carousel for the Calgary Flames go round and round and round with head coaches. Um, but yeah, you know he's he's a he's he's seemingly a player's coach. He's a good guy. Um, I mean this with the utmost respect, but I think I think what he's lacking is just a bit more of a. This is going to sound bad, but I don't mean it in any way other than I just want him to maybe be a little bit more 
stern or a little bit harder is he's just lacking a little bit of backbone i think um he's too much of a player's coach he might be too uh not soft but um lenient you know yeah lenient we i I want there to be uh um you know a glenn gullets and throw your stick into the into the seats of the saddle dome at a practice because you're so pissed off moment right we see them get bag skated and that only does so much right but yeah, Ryan Husk is a uh, he, he's a great he's a good young coach. Um I think there's a lot of potential there. I just think that, you know, obviously it's his first stint behind an NHL bench as the head coach. Um you know, he's learning as he goes too. Uh, a lot of Flames fans don't really think about that is and when they when they talk about Ryan Huska and oh, you know what, we're not almost 9 games or whatever we have 9 games, 9 games into the season for the Flames and uh, the sky is falling, this guy's got to go. Um, people need to remember too, this guy is, is a first time NHL head coach. Um, you know, give him a bit of time. I'm not saying that he's perfect. Nobody is, but, um, give him a little bit of time to get established, kind of figure out how he wants to be uh, a head coach in this league. Not everybody can be one. The flames know that all too well, um, with guys like, Glenn Gulletson and you know Bob Hartley was good he obviously was a head coach before but um you know not everybody catches on uh, as fast another thing too it's it's a new mostly new uh you know assistant coach too like with Mark Savard running the power play now and um you know thank god they uh, I'll do respect to Kirk Muller but that Kirk Muller power play if you look at the Flames power play numbers last year not stellar not stellar whatsoever and so, you know, he's still kind of figuring out his his ways and the Flames power play has not been good this year either. It looks different. It's okay. Maybe that's a little too harsh. It's good. They're just not getting, uh, they're not, it comes not back scoring. to the scoring. They're just not yeah. scoring. It looks a lot better than it did when, when, when it was ran by uh, Kirk Muller. Um, but they're still not scoring and, and Mark Savard can't put on the skates again and, and get out on the ice and, and and score these goals for these guys. They got to be able to do it themselves. He's doing all the right things, um, but at the end of the day, like you can only put so much stock into the coaching system. It's it's a new defensive system as well that a lot of teams in the league are moving towards. We saw the zone, uh, the, Vegas, the zone, the zone defense. We saw the Vegas Golden Knights win a Stanley Cup with with like a hybrid zone system that they used last year. Um, a lot of teams are moving towards it. Maybe the Flames are just a little bit behind and laggy. I I, I don't know, but um, I don't put too much stock into the coaching. Um, but yeah, it's 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 definitely a bit been a slower start for them behind the bench as well. It's just been all in all a slow start for the Flames. And you know, one could hope as somebody who's got to go on and talk about this forty one times a year that they mm-hmm. give you a little bit a little bit of something to to be happy about or something to to you know not want to throw a bag over your head and, and, and be, be ashamed. Right. Yeah. Well, what, what are some of like kind of the, if you have to put your optimism hat on uh, and maybe not a, you know, a bag over your head, uh, <laughs> as you said, um, what would, what would that optimism, uh, optimistic uh, Audi say to, uh, you know, Flames fans and, and maybe, you know, look on, on the team in terms of going forward. It's early. It's, it's still early. And, and that's going to be, um, you know, detrimental or good for the Flames. Uh, that's my uh, hard-hitting journalism here is it's going to be good or bad for the Flames. But the good part about it right now, it is early. The optimistic side of me, and there's not a whole lot of it, Julian McKenzie tries to keep me in check whenever I'm on Twitter and, and posting stuff. Well, about what how... does Julian say? What does Julian say to you? Well, it was it was specifically last night too where I was like, you know, when I think I put out a tweet saying, thank God, I have Nickelback to look forward to at the intermission of this of this game. And uh, Julian's like, he quote tweeted me. And whenever I see Julian quote tweet me, I'm like, oh, God, here we go. This is this is <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get dunked on. Here we go. Um, I love Julian. Great guy. But uh, he goes, you know what? Like, I'm staying optimistic. It's a it's it's a three two game at this point. It's a one shot game. Um, I'm holding out hope. They're, they're looking a little bit better as this game goes on. That first period wasn't good. Um, I'm staying, I'm, I'm choosing the, the, the more optimistic approach and Julian McKenzie optimism is not always a good thing. You set yourself up for failure like you did last night. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's early and all it's, all it takes at this point in the season with this, this few amount of games played, like 
the litmus test in the in the NHL is American Thanksgiving. We all know yeah. that um, if you get to American Thanksgiving and you're not looking so hot, unless you're the 2016 uh, Pittsburgh Penguins um, or, or the St. Louis Blues, yeah, yeah, or the, or the 2019 Blues, uh, it's it's typically not going to be favorable for you. But um, with all that said, it's all it takes is like you know, just get a win and then focus on the rest. Just get a couple points and see where you can roll with build on that. It's the old hockey cliche. And Jay Woodcroft was, was great with, with the quotes uh, the, this past weekend with, we just need the two points and we need to work together as a team and blah, blah, blah. Right. But the old cliche is true. Yeah. I, I think in this case for the flames, it's true. You get a couple points, um, you build on it. You, you just need to get back into the win column and, uh, and just build and, and build something that's sustainable and you know the ball really is in their court to uh, to try and and see how they can right the ship here early on because you know as much as we say it's early it's it's not going to be very early in you know a month and a half um, it, at that point it's 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 dictating the way that your season's going to go so it's it's still early enough to right the ship but we're getting to a point within the next month and it's not going to be an easy month for the Calgary Flames it's it's a tough schedule of November. It gets tough in December. Um, a lot of really tough matchups. That's really going to test the uh, um, the make or break of this team. So uh, get a couple points. They play Dallas on uh, on at the time we're recording this. It's Monday. They play Dallas on Wednesday. Um, that's going to be a big game. See if they can come away with a couple points there uh, and and just try to build on it. As as cliche as it is, I know uh, I'm giving yeah. you all the cliches what? and. <laughs> what players kind of stood out for you in in a in a positive sense for the Flames so far? Um, Jacob Markstrom. I know I talked about him a little bit. He's he's looked really good. He, aside from that, it hasn't been a whole lot. Um, Chris Tanev's always been a reliable guy on the back end. I think he's looked pretty good this year too. His his uh, his underlying numbers and everything are uh, always you know, good. Obviously. Always good, yeah. He's he and and it took it took the Canucks a while to figure out why Quinn Hughes wasn't Quinn Hughes anymore once Chris Tanev came to the Flames after uh, mm-hmm. after his tenure with the Canucks, and it's because Chris Tanev makes better makes guys better around him. It's 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 a well known fact. You put him with put him with Anderson. You put him with Shillington. I think he was playing with uh, with with Gilbert a little bit. He was playing with with Soloy. I always butcher his name, Soloyvov. So yeah, I'm gonna just. Yeah. Call him Player X, who just got sent down to the Wranglers today because I butcher his name. Um, but he makes better. He makes players uh, that he plays with better, and um, just a sturdy guy, stay-at-home guy that you can rely on. He's been good. Um, so yeah, Markstrom, Tanev. Try to give you a forward who uh, who I've been I mean, impressed with. The, the leading scorer on the team has six points in nine games, and it's Elias Petter. Uh, Elias Petter. I wish. <laughs> uh, I sorry, I, I had Harmon uh, dial of the athletic. I think I'm still in the next world, but uh, yeah, no, um, yeah. So it's 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 tough out there. But uh, is there anything else you want to kind of touch on uh, with regards to the Flames? There's there's really not like a whole lot to to go off of right now. It's yeah, not yeah. been great, yeah. and that's that's. I was talking to Peter last night before we did our show for the Heritage Classic, and you know him and I were kind of bouncing off of each other. He goes you know what, it's a good thing that the Edmonton guys are going to be here so that they can kind of just carry the show, get their, get their, get their licks in on us. Um, because there's, it's, it's the same old song and dance as it was last year where him and I night after night, were just utterly disappointed. Well, and I, I hope that for our sake, I hope for flames fans sake, I hope for the players sake, because nobody wants to play losing hockey. You hear the quotes from Blake Coleman. You hear the quotes from Nikita Zadorov. Uh, they're pissed. And, and quite frankly, they have every right to be pissed. They're not getting, uh, they're not playing at a level that they should be playing at. Look at that team on paper. That's not, like you said, it's not a two, five and one team um, or two, six and one now, but um, yeah, if there's anything, it's just flames fans, Try to hold out optimism, and if not, let's start pre-ordering some Macklin Celebrini jerseys. Well, that, that's <laughs> see, that's hope. That's that's what you get right there. Is that's it. Win-win. Either you become a playoff team or get close to it, or then, uh, or then you get Macklin. Although I don't think anybody's out stinking the Sharks this year. It's just oh my god, that is just fire fire. 
It's interesting that they're the only real tire fire in the league after Bedard that uh, everyone decided, hey, we we actually want to win. Yeah, um, but right. uh, even the Blackhawks want to win now. What the heck? Oh my gosh! Yeah, <laughs> that 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 shouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, I, I'm not someone that is uh, for tampering at those things uh, in terms of um, the draft lottery, but I wish it wasn't Chicago. But uh, I wanted him to be a duck so bad. Yeah, actually, no, no, because that 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 I wanted him out of the division. Yeah, I I, I, wanted, I wanted him for for Ducks fans. I wanted him. I know a lot of really good Ducks fans and a lot of good people who cover that team. I wanted them to have that because they missed out on Crosby. They just miss out on Bedard. Um, although Leo Carlson's a good consolation prize, and at yeah. the time Bobby Ryan was a good consolation. Yeah, Bobby prize. Ryan had a good career. He just he did. You know, he he uh, he tailed off as the league became fast, and mm-hmm. he was never that. Um, but uh, I want to go through some, uh, you know, before I let you go, because I've, you've been on graciously for, uh, you know, 40 minutes so far. Of but course. Hey, this, um, is, this is what I love to do, man. Uh, I just want to ask you first. Um, so which teams, which is the best Canadian team uh, this year in your mind? And, and that will go the farthest in the playoffs. I think you got to go with. Don't I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, I'm going I'm, to. I, I got. I... I, I've, if I've learned anything, it's don't bite the hand that feeds. Yeah, um, that's so, true. <laughs> so, so, Steve, if you're watching this, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Leafs. Obviously, the Leafs are. There's always expectations for the Leafs. They're always in the hunt. They battled their demons last year. They got out of the first round, and then it was a pretty swift kick in the rear end from uh, Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers. Um, something yeah. along the lines of uh, we want Florida, but I'll let uh, Leaf fans do over that till the, oh, that was till awesome. the playoffs start. <laughs> um, I got to be honest with you, and I'm not even just trying to pump your tires because I know you cover the team. Um, I've always had a soft spot for the Ottawa Senators. I've, I I lived in Ottawa for uh, oh, cool. you know, for for four years uh, before I came out here, and um, you know went to a lot of Sens games. I I love that barn. I it's it, always, it is people. It's I was... a, I was talking to Ian Mendez today because um, I was I was at practice and um, I I just went to the Bell Center uh, yeah, on yeah. Saturday to to see the Jets and like I'm just like when you get the CTC you know with at least like eighteen nineteen thousand people like the home openers they're electric like they're oh, it's yeah. an awesome time the building's really nice it's just it's in the middle of nowhere but the thing is people say the drives takes a long time and let me tell you it's not easy to get out of the bell center it took me longer to get out of the bell center than it normally does uh to get out of a ctc so it's not just at, at least the, at least the highway is right beside the ctc yeah it's yeah. right there and you can go either way depending on where you come in from yeah um it is a bit of a pain to get out it or is you could pain. Go... i'm just i'm trying to i haven't been there in so long but you know you could cut through you know stittsville if you really wanted to yeah yeah it's, it's 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 confusing but you're you're high on on the sends like you... i love the sends man I, lo- I love the sends my brother is uh is a diehard sends fan too oh, so I'm, I'm a little bit biased there but um you know living there and and, and being able to watch the sends it's a passionate fan base I'm I'm happy that the Sens are, you know, showing some signs of being good because that fan base has gone through some hell since I've left. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, uh it's it 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 doesn't feel like it's ending anytime soon, but um at least the product always on, something with Ottawa. <laughs> at least the product on the ice is better than it's ever been and and I I, I concur with the Leafs if I'm I'm being honest. I think they're probably I w- I would have said Oilers, but um Let's let's see uh, if they... give it a couple of weeks. We'll see. I yeah, mean, yeah, I'm Connor still McDavid's not I'm not role, so. fully out, but uh, as you yeah. said, it's, it's a it's a tough start for them. Um, but McDavid being back, you know, it solves a lot uh, with that team. Um, but I think those two are are by far the best two teams in, in Canada. I'd think, um, presuming the Oilers get a save and play some at least some modicum of of defense. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I'd probably put the Sens as the third. Um, team although vancouver has been good they've they've been vancouver has surprised a lot of people this year and you know i'm i'm not quite sold i but i could see a situation where the canucks can sustain this do do you uh, the way i see it is more they're really good they're more uh prepared for the regular season in terms of the way they play they're very high flying they can score a lot of goals their defense is still a bit shaky and they have a great goaltender right mm-hmm. and if you have great goaltending in the nhl you'll get a lot yeah, of wins they can, st- they can steal some games man you just need a but, couple and if you st- if you rely on thatcher demko uh good things can happen 
but once once playoffs come around, everyone's a good team, everyone can score on you, then I get a bit more worried about them. So mm-hmm. I, I actually do feel as though they can make it out of uh, you know, make it to the playoffs, especially with the way Calgary's been. They've kind of probably taken themselves out. Yeah, they kind of just opened the door for everybody else to just yeah, run in. Here, you go ahead. No, no, after you, no, after you, right? It's it's what it's kind of seemed and, like. Uh, you know, uh with the central being as mediocre as it is it's probably two teams from the pacific making the playoffs uh in the wild card spot so i i like vancouver and the sens if they can just be healthy and um obviously pinto's out but Bradley gregg's been amazing leading the league yeah. in rookie scoring which is a bit shocking honestly peculiar um, yeah no he's, he's been really good um and yeah. if honor bedard had any good players around him he would probably be over a point per game but uh, that's another take um that's right but uh, yeah, I, I'd say probably the least, just because um, if the, if Wool is a real goalie and that's a real thing, um, I, their decor is not good in my mm-hmm. opinion. But they can they score. could really use a uh, Noah Hannafin or a or Chris Tanev. Chris, don't Chris you think? Tanev would be perfect on that team. Noah 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 Hannafin too, but I, I just think they need that kind of grit. Um, Hannafin's a good good. Is a really good player, but uh, that's a that's a Bradshaw Living guy too, uh, uh, Chris Tanev. That's a Bradshaw yeah. Living signing. So you know how you know how Brad likes his guys. So yeah, well, I, I feel like I feel like every GM likes their guys. That's that's the one thing. It's is look at what Kyle Dubas is doing. In yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> Kyle Dubas needs um man, what's the player? He's like, the oh, two Greyhounds guys. Yeah. Yes, that's it. That and he brought out Chari and just it's always the same thing um all over again and. uh it's every, you know, it makes sense. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I do still think the Leafs are going to flop miserably. And I probably would say Oilers have a better chance of winning the cup um, mm-hmm. than the Leafs. But I think uh, until until the Oilers prove us otherwise, it's all or uh, the Leafs that is sorry, prove otherwise. It's it's always going to be the same song and dance with them. Yeah. And I know yeah. I said, don't bite the hand that feeds. But I also just told you I, I kind of, you know. I wore a Leafs jersey on my SDPN application video, so I had to. Well, I, it shows I had you, to get some know, brownie points. Malleable, you, you that's know, right. you, you just go to where the money is. That's, that's... yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that's that, a good way to put it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, um, uh, I have a couple. Uh, I have one other question because uh, sure. I don't want to keep you too long. But um, if you were the, if you know, tomorrow Gary Bettman resigns and he says, Audie, uh, you are the GM," you know you know uh for the day what rule would you change oh christ this is a tough one i get this question more often than you think oh really okay wow okay you know i thought i was this is my the the running uh kind of question on this podcast so i'm i, I don't like to hear that other people are doing... it's not not more so a, a podcast question but like you know you talk about it like oh you know what what, what would you do if you were the uh yeah the commissioner I've I've had some really questionable ones. Like the one take that I had was, and and goalies hate me for it. Like I get so many friggin' goalies that uh, DM or they hear a clip that I uh, that I've said something on. Um, I want goalies to be like I don't want goalies to be fair play, but I want them to be a little bit more responsible. Um, wow! And by what that, by that, yeah, I know. And I, I, you know what? I've already been. Oh no! Raked this, over, raked I, I, over love the cold I love this. I love this because everyone says offside and something boring. I, I I need I need goalies need to get crushed into the boards. That's that's what I need. On <laughs> I on. don't want anybody getting hurt. Uh, okay. but they wear the most padding out of everybody on the ice, so I think they'll be mostly okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think like guys like Mike Smith who just flop around and oh, uh, yeah. flopped around. Um, you can't touch him if he comes out of his blue paint. I don't think you should be able, like, obviously, like, don't kill somebody, yeah, <laughs> but like, I'm, you know, a little like goalie on player action, too. Like, I'd love to see like Jacob Markstrom come out of the blue paint and go to play a puck and 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 throw a reverse check on somebody and and you know, be able to get away with it like a forward would. Like, I think that yeah. I think it, it would be fun. I don't want to see people get hurt, but I want to see like. You know, obviously, don't do anything in the blue paint. Maybe make the blue paint a bit bigger if that's the case. I don't know. That's interesting. But, but I don't know. I I, I really did like. I, I hate this question. I love and hate this question because I'm just like, 
uh, I always default to the goalie thing. And then people are just like, oh, Audie James wants to see goalies get hurt. And I'm like, no, I don't want to see that. I just want to see, uh, like, I think it'd be just like kind of interesting to see, you know, if goalies could come out and just like deck somebody the way that like, you know, Ryan Reeves would do open ice to somebody with their head down, you know, uh, like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I But if you want a, a boring answer, uh, for an actual rule change. No, no. Uh, no, um, I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying to think of like, I don't know. I I don't really I know what give, else I, I would give you change. out. What people have said. One. A yeah. Lot, lots say offside review like 30 seconds, and then it's not like if the it's the pucks oh, in the offensive I, zone. I got one before you start reading them, just to see if because I don't want it. any. I don't it. want any like influence. In like in football, uh, you have to throw the challenge flag. Yeah. I want I want Ryan Huska to freaking oh look at something and be like I'm throwing that challenge flag out on the ice and and they they have to do it that way. I th- I think the challenges coaches challenges take far, they they get far too much time same with MLB. Far too much time to review a play. Well, I think it's got to be I think it's got to be to like maintain the integrity of the game cuz like, you know, we didn't have reviews like 10 years ago the way we do now or 15 years ago, the way we do now, if you see it in real time and you think it was offside or, you know, the play goes in offside and you get a buzz down from your, your video guy who says, okay, this one's offside, throw the flag uh, before the, before the whistle goes or before the puck goes in. I think there should be a a time limit or a time restraint for uh, making a challenge. Yeah, I think there's no, too much time. People drag it out, and it's like, oh no, I'm not done looking at my iPad yet. Um, I don't know. I think I think that would yeah. be one thing that I would maybe change. Is, is I also want to see some coaches like throw a flag on the ice. I think that'd be a lot yeah. of fun, like football style. The, there is a part of me that's saying get rid of offsides. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. I do think that would be interesting, just for the game. You uh, would never see Alex Ovechkin play any like that's defense. true i i think the one that i like maybe more that's for goal uh you know um to adding to goals is to eliminate no icing on penalties for the defensive team so that you yeah like like you would get called for icing i like that more just mm-hmm. because it forces you to play and i think it might even lead to more shorthanded goals just more up and down kind of game like no one watches hockey to watch it rimmed around the puck being rimmed around the boards like no Darryl one does Sutter it. Hockey, and, baby. We saw and it's just not even year. it's not even real like you're not really doing anything interesting and um i'm sure there's people that would hound me for saying well you don't understand the game it's like well <laughs> like okay whatever I, I i don't know i can understand that that's not exciting and not no one even has the puck so like well, yeah so, yeah uh, i think yeah. another thing too maybe uh change the point structure for wins losses ot losses. that is a big one that i am fully on board with i just thought of it because i saw i I, I remember i remembered rachel dory's tweet from the other day the three two one thing that she put out well it's just i love that it's what the world juniors do yeah yeah exact same thing yeah no no i'm i'm my dad actually ironically i just think of it because he just hates that the nhl hasn't adopted that i believe and don't quote me on this is that they don't want to change the point system because if let's say you make a three two one then everyone will start instead of it being 80 90 points will be like 105 points to make the playoffs i'm like kind of the uh the average and then all the record books will look weird now for me that seems dumb because no you've changed everything already yeah Uh, three on three shootout does that make a huge difference in my opinion that shouldn't be the reason why you're holding back from it Again, the hockey traditionalists will, will hate it. But yeah, but I also think that changes. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, you know, like, I don't want that in, uh, like, for example, three out three. I don't want that in the playoffs. Um, I also for goal scoring, just keep the penalty is two minutes. If you mm-hmm. score, you just keep. Yeah, that, I, those are the kind of rules that I think are really instrumental for making the game better um, and uh, maybe get uh, maybe get a new crop of referees that's that's a, <laughs> that's that's something a hot take i hope people don't take that too seriously but uh, i will not will say i do not appreciate uh the consistency of refereeing it's not an easy I job i think it's the con- it's it's a thankless job it really is it and, is a thankless and- job but 
just just be consistent. That's that's it. Either you don't call stuff or you do, but just know where the line is. And I there's been so many games with the Sens where actually until the past two or three games, they were averaging like the just the games they're in were having like about t- almost 20 minutes of power play time. Like they're like the Sens would take four or five minors, the other team would be, and I'm like I'm all for calling stuff, but it's all over. This is too much. And it just was no consistency in the call. So um, the Flames got back to back five on threes last night. I saw that. And I, I wrote that. And they scored on zero. of them. <laughs> I thought they scored on the, the Kadri one was it, like, at it, the end. it technically, I think it technically expired. Okay. Because I wrote down in my notes for the game for the show was a power play goal. And then, and then uh, at the intermission they were like no it technically wasn't because the clock went down and blah 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 and i'm like oh, God. okay yeah. yeah there you go yeah. like the flames needed another thing to not go their way on the power play <laughs> as as it always is the case with the, the flames it, it doesn't go the right way but um i i appreciate you uh taking the time audi and and, and doing this let's definitely do it again of course. Um, hopefully hopefully you know if the if the flames make a big playoff push i'll definitely need to to have you on um, or if they make a crazy trade. I so hope- what you're saying is you never want to see me again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> just teasing. No, no, of course. Um, I just want to give you the floor. Just, you know, plug anything you want to at SDPN or or your YouTube channel. Just the floor is yours. And uh, thanks again for doing this. Yeah, of course. Uh, it was my pleasure. I was, I was looking forward to this uh, a lot. But yeah, you can find me um, on Twitter at Audie James. It's A-U-D-D-I-E. Um, and then James, the way that everybody I think spells James, um, Hamas. Yeah. Hamas, Hamas, <laughs> Adi Hamas. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter or X or whatever it's called. Today. I call it Twitter. Uh, people yeah, that call it it'll X, forever, sorry. It'll it, forever be still, Twitter. It still redirects to Twitter. It's so, right. I'm like, buddy, you didn't even change it. You just, anyways, that's, I, a whole I, I still have, I still have the little blue bird. I think I might be one of the few people that still have the little blue bird on the top of my screen when I, uh, I need, I need to check that, but yeah, when I, I log in, but yeah, find me on there. Uh, my, my YouTube channel is the same. Uh, and yeah, tune into game over Calgary. If you're a flames fan, uh, over on the SDPN sports YouTube channel live after every single Calgary flames game, or if you're a fan of any Canadian team, we have uh, all the coverage for you over on SDPN sports for, uh, for our game over program. So, uh, we hope to see you there and, uh, thanks for having me. This was great. Yeah, no, this was awesome. How many times have you said that? Like, uh, welcome to SDPN. Uh, please like subscribe. Do all that. I feel like it just becomes like ingrained in your it's, head. It's it's like even doing it on my own channel. You just you just get so accustomed to the you know the 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 cliche smash that like button, hit the subscribe button, all that yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it helps with all the uh, the engagements and yeah. and and all that stuff too. But yeah, so, uh, so. if you're not subscribed to SDPN, subscribe to SDPN, and then also subscribe to Behind the Play. I, I that really- too. I, I rarely shamelessly plug myself, but I'm going to do It's that. your show. You have to. I know. I, I just, uh, I I feel like, uh, yeah, anyways, I, I can't do smash the subscribe button or whatever, but <laughs> it's, it's so out of my character. Uh, it's, 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 it's aggro for me. Um, uh, I appreciate you, Audie. I look forward to watching game over whenever I can. Um, you do, you guys do great work. I love it. SDPN, uh, as, as you know, and uh, for our listeners, uh, they should know that too, and, uh, check out all your stuff and looking forward to hopefully a bit, you know, it, it, it can only go up from here. So that's, that's, that's what, that's what we're all hoping. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much and, uh, good luck with the season, Audie. Of course. Thanks for having me.